Hello, and welcome to the premiere of Scry. I am the Seer, your host through this glimpse into the darkness. Throughout the course of this podcast, we intend to stare into the obsidian mirror and bring to you tales from across the veil that separates our world from those of the realms of the shadows. In this episode, we bring to you a tale shared by our castle, who is left wondering just what it is that he encountered and comes to a terrifying conclusion. It has taken me many years to get to the point where I can commit this to words. I've never told this story before because honestly, it makes me sound like a crazy person. I doubt very much that I will ever tell this story face to face to another human being. It's a bit long, but I hope y'all enjoy it. Let's start with a bit of background on me. I'm like a lot of y'all. Spent a lot of time out camping in the woods, love and fear for my country, and I have a passion for firearms. I'm not a religious man, and I consider myself to be a skeptic. I've been an agnostic since I was a young man. I'd finally concluded many, many years ago that I'm apparently just not intelligent enough to figure the whole God thing out, and I got tired of trying to. That being said, I've seen and experienced things during my lifetime that I cannot explain with a rational paradigm. But I digress. I doubt y'all want to hear my pontifications on God. You want the creepy story. I have theories about what I have seen, and I'll get into that later. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, I just don't know. I was living outside of downtown Houston with my significant other, who we'll refer to as She-Bitch, for reasons completely unrelated to this tale. I worked and went to school. She-Bitch was in school as well. That's where we met, and we lived a pretty normal life at that time. One night, we were in bed, both reading, and we heard the sound of the windows rattling in the frames in our living room. It was a very old house converted into apartments, and we were living on the second floor. We lived near an off-ramp to an interstate, and the light rail was on the other side a few blocks down. No semis passing, nor the train, had ever rattled the windows before in the two years I had lived there. I've lived in California also, so I'm familiar with earthquakes. This wasn't one. I'm sitting there thinking, well, what the hell is that all about? She-bitch looks completely freaked out and panicked. I get out of bed and slowly walk down the hall towards the living room. As I approach the living room, I'm suddenly filled with a feeling of complete dread. I can only describe it as feeling like someone has stuck a bowling ball in my chest. I have no rational reason to feel this way. I, finally, after an eternity, get to the doorway to the living room and stand there. 
I have no idea what I'm looking at. It was a man-sized, black, amorphous thing flitting about the window, moving kind of like a bat, except it's way too big for any bat. I know what a bat looks like. I'm not a retard. It's not a bat. It's just kind of flitting around outside. It has what appears to be a head-like lump on the top. I didn't see any eyes. Suddenly, it flits over the next windows, hovering and flitting around. Then it swoops out of sight and appears at another bay of windows. It continues to flit and swoop around, and each time it does, the windows rattle in their frames. We lived across the street from a very well-lit church with spotlights all around the exterior in addition to streetlights and security lights on their property. It's bright as hell. When it flies in front of the very well-lit-up church, I can't see the church through it. When it flies to the other bay of windows on the other side of the house, I can't see the building across the alleyway, whose buildings are also well-lit by security lights. It's not a shadow. Not a bat. I'm just standing there, trying to figure out what in the hell I'm looking at, with that heavy dread feeling in my chest. She-bitch comes up behind me and grips my arm hard with both of her hands, scared as all hell. She whispers, Do you see that? Do you fucking see that? Yep. And I'm thinking to myself, well, at least I ain't crazy. But if I'm not crazy, and I'm not dreaming, yes, that thought had occurred to me, then what in the fuck am I looking at? What the fuck do we do? asked the borderline panic attack she-bitch. I didn't say anything. I backed up and slowly closed the door to the living room. Very slowly. Then I moved a bookcase in front of the door. I slowly backed down the hallway towards the bedroom, she-bitch behind me, not wanting to take my eyes off the door to the living room. Once in the bedroom, I lock the door. Then I move a dresser in front of the door. She-bitch then asks again in a louder, high-pitched, panicked voice, What the fuck are we gonna do? I don't know. I answered truthfully. I proceeded to break out the Mossberg 500, racked a shell into the chamber, hoping to scare it, knowing full well that if that thing is, well, a thing, that Buckshot might not do the trick. But if some thing is going to take me out, I'm not going quietly. I'm not going to lie. I also broke out a vial of holy water that my grandmother had given me a long time ago. I had no idea if my magic water would do anything, but it couldn't hurt, I hoped. I made the decision to hold up in the barricaded bedroom. That thing was outside of the house. Leaving the house either through the front door in the living room or out the back door and going around the side of the house through the alley would require us to travel under that thing. Fuck that. After a while in the barricaded bedroom, the feeling of dread slowly subsided. So we're sitting on the bed, watching the bedroom door. 
Shebitch asks me in a strained and slightly less panicked voice. So you really saw that too? Yeah, I replied. I'm a man of few words. I've seen things my whole life, and you're the first person who's seen them too, she stated. The hell? I'm thinking in my head. I should add that Shebitch was a diehard to the point of aggravation atheist. You could not have a civilized conversation concerning religion or spirituality with that woman. Shebitch then proceeds to tell me about the things that she's seen all her life. I hadn't asked, but the words were coming out of her mouth like water from a broken dam. She just kept talking and talking, probably because I'm the first person she's met who has seen them too. She described seeing these shadow beings before. Sometimes they had glowing eyes, sometimes not. Our thing that night did not have glowing eyes. She described seeing faces in windows and other strange stuff. She had even described this one time when she was about eight, how a floating being that looked like Quetzalcoatl, a serpent with wings, had hovered in the common area of the trailer that she lived in. Now at this point, I'm thinking, fuck me, I'm living with a schizophrenic. She goes on for about an hour and a half, and I'm not saying much, just listening, with the Mossberg in my hands, holy water on the nightstand, and staring intently at the door, trying to think and process all of this. Finally, she seems to talk herself out, and she falls asleep. <laughs> what a bitch. I sure as hell wasn't going to sleep, and spent the rest of a very tense night staring at the door, listening, and waiting. Nothing more happened that night, and finally, the sun came up. That was one of the longest nights of my life. I got out of bed very stiff after having not moved all night. I moved the dresser, unlocked the door, and crept down the hall towards the living room, moved the bookcase, and very slowly opened the door and peeked in. Nothing. Sunlight streaming through the windows. No feeling of dread. No shadowy beings just a normal living room. I go back to the bedroom, very tired, but with a feeling of relief. I put the shotgun back in the closet and went and made some coffee. She bitch gets up and comes in the kitchen and asks me if it was gone. God damn it. I had really been hoping that all of this was just some sort of messed up dream or night terror or something. But no, it happened. I tell her that it looks like it's gone. We drink coffee and she relates more of the stuff that she's seen her whole life. She ends the conversation asking me, why can you see them? To which I responded, I don't fucking know. I've never seen anything like that before. We don't talk about it anymore after that. After that, I did what any rational, red-blooded American male would do in that situation. I pretended it didn't happen. This may sound strange, but at that time in my life, I had some more pressing things to worry about than some... thing. I just kind of filed the whole incident away in my head 
with the label of to be dealt with later. Nothing else happened. I paid it absolutely no mind and life went on. A few months later, I'm happily reading in bed one evening and I hear she bitch. She's just saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, come here, oh my God, oh my God, over and over. I get up and slowly walk down the hall towards the living room, getting that same heavy feeling of dread. She bitch is standing at the doorway of our living room trembling. I get there and she gets behind me and again grabs my arms like her life depended on it. Do you see it? She asks. Yeah, I see it, I replied. I'm trying to process something that shouldn't be in my brain. Every cell in my body is now in fight or flight mode. This time, the shadow thing is inside the living room. This time, it's not an amorphous shape. It's a vaguely human shape, child-sized, about four, four and a half feet tall, sitting on my couch, rapidly rocking back and forth. It stops rocking and raises its head and looks at me. I can't tell you how I knew it was looking at me. It didn't have eyes, or a face really. I just felt it. Fuck, I yell as I promptly freak the fuck out. I slammed the door shut, threw the bookcase in front of the door, grabbed she-bitch by the arm, and ran to the bedroom and threw her inside. I locked the door and barricaded it, grabbed the Mossberg from the closet, the Colt 1911 and holy water from the nightstand, and crouched behind the bed with she-bitch. She was trembling and saying, oh my god, oh my god, over and over again. My heart rate was going at ludicrous speed, pounding and pounding in my chest with all the adrenaline running through my body. After what felt like forever, my body calmed down and she stopped trembling. She asked what I thought it was. I told her, I don't know. Then she crawled in the bed and went to sleep. Bitch. <laughs> I was tired as all hell, but there was no damn way I was going to sleep with that thing in my house. I stayed awake behind the bed, sitting in a chair, armed to the teeth, staring intently at the door. I felt like if I looked away for even a second, it would get in. It was another long night. Next morning, the same as the last time, the sun comes up, I unbarricade the bedroom, unbarricade the living room door, and take a peek in. Nothing but sunlight. I go and make coffee, and she-bitch comes into the kitchen and asks if it is gone, and I tell her yes. She-bitch and I do not speak of the incident ever again. Even though we never talked about it, we stopped using the living room after that. Even during the day. We kept the door closed and locked for the next year, until she moved out. However, now that this had happened a second time, I felt that I had to do something about it. I spent a day thinking about it. I had no idea what in the hell that thing was. I resolved that I would either, one, walk across the street to the church and talk to a Catholic priest, maybe he could bless or exercise the house, or two, talk to a cousin a dozen times removed who is a witch. 
Not some pagan hippie Wiccan crap. Rather an old school bruja. Maybe she can tell me what this thing is and how I can get rid of it. Admittedly, I was rather hesitant to take this route as I had been actively avoiding her my entire life. She gives me the creeps. A few days passed, nothing more happened, and life once again became a normal routine. She bitch and I had been having some serious problems in our relationship, predating and unrelated to the weirdness. When nothing else out of the ordinary happened, I filed the incident away in my head and didn't take any action. I guess I kind of just hoped that it went away and didn't think about it anymore. A year later, the relationship with Shebitch was over and she moves out. No more incidents or weird, out-of-the-ordinary things had happened. One day I'm in the kitchen on a Saturday morning, having a cup of coffee, when my brain suddenly brings the incidents to the forefront. Now that I am somewhat removed from it by time, I can look at it rationally. I decided that I wanted to figure out what in the hell that thing was. So I fire up the internet and read the whack job forums. After reading about many things, I decide that what I saw was the phenomenon called shadow people. So, now I have a description of what it was. I don't like calling them shadow people because they sure as hell ain't people. While reading up on them, a memory hits me like a phone book to the head. This is not the first time that I've seen these things. I don't recall much of my childhood, but that's another story. One memory does come screaming out of my murky past. I recall that when I was about eight or so, that I had seen these exact same things. And this happened for a period of time. I don't know if it was weeks, months, or a year. I would sit in my bed, that same feeling of dread, clutching my blanket, back to the wall, afraid to breathe. I would sit there and watch these people-shaped shadows just standing in my doorway watching me. I was too scared to take my eyes off of them. My brother slept in the same room, but he always just slept through the night. What an asshole. I was always too scared to wake him or cry out. Back then, I thought that they were aliens who had come to abduct me. They scared the shit out of me. Eventually, they went away, and I stopped seeing them. I guess I just decided that they were a nightmare or something and just filed it away, went on with my childhood, grew up, and forgot about it. Until now. Fuck. Now I really need to figure out what in the hell it is or what caused me to see it. I start running through the theories of what it could be. 1. I'm batshit crazy. Well, I never really had any emotional issues, mental health problems, voices in my head, weird delusions, or paranoia. None of that. I never really saw them except for those two periods in my life, and she bitch had seen them too. Logic would tend to implicate that I would at least see these things more frequently, and I would have other symptoms if I were crazy. 
so I'm probably not crazy. At least, not when it comes to this. 2. Night Terrors, Sleep Paralysis, Sleepwalking I was able to move and hadn't started the incidents from asleep. I had been very much awake and didn't wake up in bed afterwards and had stayed up all night both times. I had performed feats requiring fine motor skills and most of my strength in barricading the doors. Believe me, I felt it the day after I was so tired. I wasn't asleep. She bitch had seen it too. She had commented on it. Plus, again, it would make more sense if I saw these things with more frequency than I did. So I concluded that this wasn't a very strong theory. Plausible, but not bloody likely. 3. Some type of weird ocular phenomena where you see shadow things out of the corner of your eye. Sorry, I can't recall the precise medical term. I didn't see these things out of the corner of my eye, or briefly. I looked at them straight on, so this theory doesn't really work. Plus again, lack of frequency. 4. Magnetic Phenomenon Messing With My Brain This one was a stretch, and it would seem that this would be more location-based. I didn't live near anything odd in either location that might produce a strong magnetic field. Plus, if I had during both periods, when I was young and older, I should have seen them with more frequency. So no, this theory doesn't fly with me. 5. Transdimensional something or another Where dimensions kind of bleed into one another, this one is an even further stretch than the magnetic field thing. I generally dismiss this one, but it is the only theory that fits all of the parameters of the incidents, both when I was young and older. 6. Aliens. Fuck. That. No, I'll believe that one when I see a spaceship with my own two eyes. And not some glowy light picture. I want to see a hull. 7. Ghosts This didn't really match up with ghost stories I've read and seemed to be an entirely different phenomena. So I have no concrete answers on what this was at that point. I'm left with either some weird wide-awake nightmare or transdimensional something or another, and I just don't have a good explanation. I file away this info and don't think about it much for another year. I go on and graduate with my bachelor's in anthropology later that year. God, what a mistake that was, but that's another topic. Over a year later, I decide to work on a research project. For fun. I'm strange like that. One of my areas of research during my undergrad was Caribbean and African possession. Looking at it from an anthropological point of view. Examining why they developed this practice in their culture and stuff like that. Not from an, oh my god, it's real life exorcist point of view. Like I said, I'm a rational and skeptical person. I decide to research Christian possession 
thinking I would compare it with the Caribbean African possession and try to see if there are any similarities in what function they served in their respective cultures. Like I said, I'm odd like that. This is my idea of a good time. And I wonder why I'm divorced. Anyway, I start reading all of the accounts and case studies I can find on Christian possession. Now, when I read these things, I do it with a grain of salt. Well, a ton of salt, really. I'm not reading it for the story. Rather, I'm reading it for the features. Like, does it fill some psychological function, a uh, bad family history, religious person or family before and after the account? Things like that. I read these accounts and checked off features on a chart I had made. So I'm reading one book, a Catholic account by Dr. Malachi Martin, a former Catholic exorcist called Hostage to the Devil. In it are several first-hand and a second-hand account of Catholic possession. To the Catholics, there are stages to possession. One, obsession, where the demonic forces affect the person externally, like a third party bothering you. Two, invasion, where the demonic forces enter the body hostily. Three, perfect possession, where the person accepts the demon into their body and soul. Anyway, I'm reading through one second-hand account of the obsession stage, and I'm skimming over it really since I dislike using second-hand accounts. But one part of the story catches my eye. The priest sees and describes a shadow being, the same features, the same feeling of dread. What the fuck? My heart wants to burst through my chest, and I start reading this account a lot more closely from the beginning. Yep, I started to panic a bit. Fucking demons. The account describes seeing faces in windows and a lot of the same type of stuff she-bitch had described that she had seen her entire life. I stayed up all night thinking about this and the implications. I had never considered demons in my possible theory on what the shadow beings had been. I then recalled a radio interview that Dr. Martin had given that I had downloaded. Not for the substance, just more out of my own curiosity about the man. In that interview, he described how sometimes the demons impersonated other deities to mess with the subject of the obsession or possession. I recalled Shebitch's description of Quetzalcoatl when she was eight. Now here's the thing about Shebitch. She grew up poor, just really white trash poor, raised by her crazy, alcoholic, abusive grandmother who wouldn't let her go to school. They didn't have a television, and she could barely read poor. I've been to the trailer she grew up in. They were as poor as it gets. There is no way in hell this eight-year-old, uneducated girl had ever been exposed to mind mythology at that stage in her life. But that's exactly what she saw. Things are falling into place in my brain. While reading the account, it mentioned things like moving and missing objects and electrical anomalies. Two other things leaped forward in my mind. As I mentioned, 
I lived in an old house. Light bulbs would burn out abnormally fast and constantly. You can turn on the switch, light flickers, and pop goes the filament. I used to buy light bulbs by the case. I just chalked it up to ancient wiring and never paid it too much thought. Oh, and CF bulbs would die on me too. That was expensive, so I just loaded up on the incandescents. I also recalled the books. I have a lot of books. In the middle of the night, you would hear a thump. The first time it happened, it woke me up. I went to go investigate, and there was a book on the floor. The house and the bookcases are level, and it happened from multiple bookcases and different books. I had chalked it up to the cat messing around at night. It happened so often, I quit investigating when I heard the thump at night. I would just get up in the morning, pick the book off the ground, and go about my day. It occurred to me then that often the books were from different shelves, and they were frequently thick, heavy books, like textbooks. Not likely the cat would pull or push it off the shelves when I stopped to think about it. I realized the light bulb thing and the book thing had only started after She-Bitch had moved in. Nothing before that. And they both stopped after She-Bitch had moved out. But I still had the same cat. I realized there is one other factor that I had never considered in trying to figure out the shadow beans. I was never alone when I saw them. Either my brother was asleep in the same room as me, or She-Bitch was there. In fact, the only times that I've ever seen these shadow things was when I was in the presence of the two most troubled people I have ever known in my entire life. My brother and She-Bitch. The shadow beans had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with the location. It had to do with the people around me. I just happened to be standing next to them and could see them for some fucked up reason. The Catholic demon possession theory fit better than all of the other theories. I'm not saying that's what it was. That's just what I think it may be. I will never be able to say with certainty what it was. I just don't know. After I'd processed everything, I just kind of sat there and thought about it. I was no longer in contact with Shebitch. And how in the fuck do you bring up a subject like, hey, I think you may be possessed by demons in a conversation with your ex? My relationship with my brother is complicated. That's all I'll say about that. I love him, but we don't talk much. And this is not really something that we could talk about or that he would take seriously. Anyway, I'm to this day not certain what it was. Whenever I think about it, I sound like a crazy person to myself. I did walk across the street that weekend and spoke to a priest. I asked him to please say a mass for Shebitch and my brother. I, I didn't tell him why, just that they both had troubles. It may not be much, but I figure a man of faith praying for them is a hell of a lot better than anything I could ever do. I've read how events like this sometimes enable people to have faith in God. That didn't happen to me. I guess it's just 
that I haven't seen or experienced anything that would indicate to me that God exists. Believe me, at times I wish I could have faith. I will say that because of some of the things that I have seen, I'll never state that God doesn't exist. I just don't have the answers. Since that whole incident, thing, and aftermath, I've noticed that I've cleaned up my life a good deal. I'm a better person overall and try and treat my fellow human beings much better and to lead a good life. I guess if God does exist, maybe he'll forgive my non-belief and look at the good things I've done with my life. Because like I said, I just don't know. We thank Arcastle for his story, and hope that the entity that he encountered continues to leave he and his ex-girlfriend alone. If you have a story that you would like to share, you can submit it at scrypod.com or leave a voice message with the link provided in the show notes. You can also contact us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have enjoyed listening to this tale, then I welcome you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen from. And please, tell a friend about the show. I would also like to thank the wonderfully talented Iran Horrors for our logo. Be sure to check out more of his work at DeviantArt. And if you need some more Tales of Terror to hold you over until next week, then I'd like to recommend Meet My Ghost a fantastic podcast that is guaranteed to send shivers down your spine. But now, it is time that we must end the session and close the gate. And as always, say goodbye. This is Scry.